0: You are listening to the voice of Daryl Bennett and welcome to another installment of the Daryl Bennett Experience. Higher Learning, where we discuss everything from government and law to business, finance and entrepreneurship to caring events and spirituality. I promise you, your life will never be the same. Today, the topic is blacks and money. This is highly informative. Trust me, you don't want to miss it, listen in. I want to talk to you about three things and I'm gonna get straight to it. How slavery affected the way that black people think about money even today, 200 years later. um, I want to give you three things. This is, and let me call this out at the very beginning. This is not about uh, blaming, this is about acknowledgement. So that way we understand and we know how to move forward. When I say we, I'm not just talking about Black people and people that identify as Black. I think any and everybody that uh, is in the world needs to know this because when we start talking about relationships with money, we're not just talking about a racial issue. We're talking about a class and power struggle that has happened since the very beginning of time. It is as old a story as humanity itself. And so I want us to begin to break down these barriers by having honest and transparent discussions. This is how I wanna ground our discussion. In America, in 1865, at the conclusion of chattel slavery, as it were, um, in 1865, again, Black people held one half of 1% of the nation's wealth. I'm going to say that one more time. In 1865, at the conclusion of chattel slavery, or at the end of the Civil War, when slavery was over, the transatlantic American slave trade, as as it's called, um, Black people in America owned one half of 1% of the nation's wealth. That's 0.5%. Today, 2022, Blacks in America, hold roughly one half of 1% of the nation's wealth. So I wanna ground our discussion there and that is a fact. So in 70 some years, the needle has not moved. So we need to have a real serious, honest and transparent discussion about what is taking place. Three things that slavery did that I see we, one, we've continued. To allow in a mentality, and this is something that needs to get called out, and I'm going to just say it from the beginning. The three things I want to talk about is, one, we learned how to not get paid for our work and, the, and to be comfortable with that. Two, we learned how to not pull resources and not value relationships. Three, and this this is the one you really want to stay for, you really want to stay for this, we learn to value assimilation over assets and ownership. Okay. I promise you, I'm not going to be long. I could go three, four, five hours on each of these sub points. I promise you I could, but I'm not going to do it to you. I'm not going to do it to you. The intention of my podcast today is to share with you three things. So you're aware, whether you identify as black or not, and you think Generationally, have I somehow inherited this lack mindset, and is that keeping me today from receiving the wealth that I need to receive? That's the point of this. This isn't about a historical lesson, so you can look back and say, "Oh, life, it no, 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 no." This is about acknowledgement, so you can disrupt the pattern in your life today. And also, let me say, I don't speak against people. So for those who are listening and waiting for me to talk about white people, as it were. You have come to the wrong broadcast. I have I vibrated a higher frequency. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So this isn't about people. This is about institutions and systems. Institutions and systems. And those of us who are enlightened understand that. So let's get right to it. First, learn not to get paid for work. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. America is America because America had a free a free slave trade, a free labor union, as it were. If you had uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people working for you for two to 300 years, you would be a little bit further ahead as well. So we want to be very clear about the fact that America gained an edge because America had and benefited from a free slave labor. And one day, I will do an entire um, uh, explanation for you and historical lesson so you understand that the real fight of the Civil War was over assets and ownership, and it was not over, uh, you know, chattels, morality as it were. So the problem with the baseline problem beyond all of the other human rights abuses, the baseline problem with chattel slavery is that people began to one, on one side, get used to free labor and on the other side, got used to being worked and not getting paid. So now we bring this all the way to the thread of when people get contracts in NFL, right? And I think it was Chris Rock who made the joke about LeBron who said, LeBron is rich but the guy who owns the team is wealthy. And LeBron may have heard that because shout out to LeBron, he's gotten a bigger piece of the pie and now he's billionaire status. But the point still remains that when you look at sports teams, when you look at uh, um, uh, the, the entertainment system, in many cases where you see uh, black labor, <laughs> behind it, you see white wealth. <laughs> I'm just going to say it the way that I know how to say it because I can't talk around it. And so because of that, we have to look and see, well, where did this come from? It's been a line. People got used to it on both ends. And so once, once we now begin to call that out, and talk about the fact that you should be getting paid for your name, your image and your likeness, your brand. Yes, you should be getting paid for your work. There is a problem with the fact of companies that you know work black and brown bodies to the core and then say that there's no diversity when you look at their leadership team because they can't find qualified people. But yet you found qualified people to staff your factories, to staff your front lines, to staff your security teams, to staff your, your line cooks and that sort of thing. So I think when we talk about learning to not getting paid for our work, let me be very clear. I'm not just talking about we learn to not get paid anything. We learn to get underpaid. We learn to get happy with getting a chain in a car and, you know, being at the front of a fashion show rather than having equity. We got happy about the fact that, well, you know, Sony's putting a name on us. And that's a whole nother thing that I want to talk about one day. I'll talk about branding because that, see, that's a whole other thing about branding. That's what they did the cattle. We need to be careful when we talk about branding and I need somebody's brand. So you. So, what happens is we go from a thread of chattel slavery to now you have people that are so excited to get Sony, to get Atlantic Records, to get somebody else to put their name, their brand, their logo on them that they'll sell. You know their rights in perpetuity we're working with people now that are trying to get out of horrible contracts because they signed away future rights in some cases has taken money out of their children's pockets and mouths because they were seduced by the quick money up front and this all has a thread in just being happy to get paid for money excuse me to, to be at the table being paid, whatever, and almost feeling guilty. So let me just say this. I work with a lot of people around, stop, excuse me. I work around with a lot of people around compensation and helping people around getting their money up, getting their business up. So I work with you around who you are as the INC. So, you know, uh, Daryl INC, thinking of you as a business. When I work with black folk, I'm just going to say it this way because I don't know another way to put it. One of the things that I find is that more than not, there is almost this guilt complex about going back to countering offer, for instance. You know, someone wants to say, well, I don't know about countering. What would they say? You better counter that offer or pushing for more. It's almost as if there is this feeling of one, I'm just happy to be offered something, to be in the room, to be getting paid anything. And it would be out of place for me to push any further. And I think a lot of that has roots generationally. When we talk about trauma being passed down, it has roots in a place, in a place, in a place where people were not paid anything and they work to the bone. And I still don't understand. And I just got to say this I still don't understand how Black people who had been enslaved and who had been the ones building the buildings, who had been the ones that were working the fields, who had been the ones who had been in many cases raising the children, all of those, who had done all of those things, got the reputation of being lazy and slack. <laughs> I still don't understand how that happened. So that's the first thing, learning to not getting paid for your work. I want to remind you of the intention. This is not looking backwards in the past to just look backwards in the past. And so as you're listening to me, you can think, am I doing some of this myself? The second thing is, we learn not to pool resources and to value relationships. So now, so let me start with what it was and then what it became. So it was criminalized for black people to work, uh, to to unionize what it was, you know, and I say unionize, I use that in the truest sense. You know, they, they were splitting up families because they understood there was nothing more powerful than unity. That started at the very beginning. You gotta split people up. You can't keep them speaking their own language. You gotta, you know, so so all of this, though it had less grounding in race, it just happened to turn out as race. It was more about, this was all about money, power, and keeping the status quo in the status quo. But let me just say this really quickly so we're very clear about this slavery was about the maldistribution of world wealth and trying to concentrate it in the hands of one group that was the that was the focus everything else came as a result i'm not here to deny that all of the racial stuff and all of that yes but we let's be very cognizant at the basis this was about assets and ownership why is it important for you to know that because it's important for you to know that because even though the chains came off physically, if you don't understand what it was about, you'll still fall into the trap of still getting got, of still getting fallen for the okie-doke, of still signing bad deals and and bad contracts, of still working in companies for your whole life when you're making a pittance and they're building their entire wealth on you. So let's go back to point number two. Black folk learned that it was a bad thing to be in relationship with one another. You could get in trouble, your family could get split up. It could be bad consequences. And I'm not making a joke here being facetious, but for those who saw the movie Roots, you get a, you get a sense of what that time was like. It wasn't that long ago. We like to think that it's that long ago, but I, I love the fact that we are right around the time of celebrating the death of a woman who lived almost hundred years, because when we start to look over her life and the people who informed her, Who lived almost 100 years we start to realize history isn't as far as long ago as we like to make it seem like it was so how does that leave us today it leaves us today where many 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 times the hardest thing for me to convince black folk i just got to say it when they come to me and i'm helping them take themselves to the next level is that it's about relationships it's not about how much you read in the book see People of wealth, and that's what I'm, you notice. I'm not using black versus white because it's not. It, it, this is I'm talking about wealth now, and that's a that's a that's a that's a <laughs> that's a drop in the bucket compared to the population here. We're talking about people who have another level of understanding. This comes down to what we understand is that our wealth comes in our relationships. When I understood that, it, it totally shifted for me. Quick story. Those of you that know a little bit about me, you know, I grew up in Baltimore, went to Morehouse College as an an, um, undergrad, and then I went to Harvard Law School, as uh, graduate school. And it was there that it really sunk into me and it was very clear to me, oh, people gather wealth differently than the middle class and the working class have been told how to work. But that's a whole nother thing because I'm gonna do a whole thing about what everybody needs to know about money. People and money. But this, I'm just kind of concentrating it around b- Black people because beyond the general status quo where people have just been locked out of the system, because everybody's, I mean, the, the game is to lock everybody out. People of color have gotten more of a raw deal. So that's why I'm focusing here now. But everybody needs to be listening to this because there's a focus overall. And why do you think they don't want people unionizing? That's not about race, gender, that. they don't want you unionizing because if your union is a threat to their conglomerate, is a threat to their enterprise, is a threat to their status quo, your union is a threat to their system and structure that's already in place. This is, the, this, I'm trying to tell you something. So once we learn not to pull resources, once we learn it was better to go to work at their Chase Bank rather than build our own bank, <laughs> I'm going somewhere, once we learn, you know, why go to HBCU? I heard a lot of people. Now, when I went to Harvard, people were all clapping me down. And I had people come out the woodworks. Oh, my gosh, you're so amazing. When I first said I was going to Morehouse four years before when I was going to college, there were people that were, Black people, Black people, yeah, Black people. But like, really? you going to Morehouse? But you got so much potential, though. You talking about the Black school down there? That's the type of stuff that I was getting. And that's when I came to really realize, oh, we don't take pride in our own relationships. Oh, I'm coming to point three, because point three is the one, if you stuck with me for one and two, three is the one I need you to really work with me on, because I got I to gotta go there. But let me just finish two real quick. Your power is in the aggregation of your resources, of your community's resources. Can I tell you real quick, I I, I gotta go quick. Can I tell you real quick? The baseline is economics. That's the first floor. That's the first floor, it's economics. That's the first floor. The second floor is politics. We jump to the second floor, trying to influence the second floor. Then you go higher, then you start talking about the next floor being the courts and the judicial system. And we're focused on social justice and, and, you know, integration and and, and all of this, you know, and and politics and run for something. But, But did we fix the ground floor? And until there's economic distribution, Dr. King said, and this, I'm, this is what Dr. King said, not me. Toward the end of his life, he said, I fear I'm leading Black people into a burning building. That's what he said. Because he said, I'm recognizing that social integration without economic transformation is going to lead us backwards. I don't even want to touch that because I'll be in here for another hour and I don't want to do that to y'all. Let me move to point number three. We learn to value assimilation over assets and ownership. So now, because again, we got, let's define some terms. I probably should have done this at the beginning. Well, what is capitalism? Because we live in a capitalist society. What's well, owning is owning. It's ownership, first of all. It's owning land. It's owning resources. It's owning tools. And then getting labor to build on that land, tools, resources. So where do you fit in that system? Are you the owner of land, tools, and resources or are you the labor that's being used? Used, used. Learning to value assimilation over assets assimilation, a big word. Learn to value wanting to fit in and consume other people's products rather than produce your own. Learn to want to fit a standard. Hear me, hear me. I'm not here to offend you, but I need to speak truth. To, you want to fit a standard of whiteness. That's your problem. I'm not talking white people. We're talking whiteness now. Whiteness—it's you, you, you. So, because you learn to value that over assets, it became particularly in the sixties and seventies with social integration without economic transformation. The outpicturing of that became now, whereas there were companies, banks that were owned by black banks that were owned by black people you were born in the 80s, 90s, I will wait for you to tell me about a Black bank. I'll wait, name one. But when you talk to people that were born in the 40s and the 30s, they talk about that. Black bus lines, businesses and communities, wholly owned, wholly owned. Amazingly enough, it wasn't the level of crime. It wasn't the level of of drugs and drama but what happened was with social integration without economic transformation and with this mindset of I want to be white I got to speak to that because that's the only way I can get to it without speak I have to speak directly to it so now there's social integration without economic transformation and then there's a mindset of I want to be white who do you think loses on that all the way around? So all of the assets that were pooled and relationships that were pooled and resources and, 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 and tools that were pooled in Black communities and owned collectively in Black communities or in those hands, pretty much most of it was dissipated with the stroke of a pen. Now you see why Dr. King said, I think I might have led my people into a burning building. Because there was, there was, <laughs> there was integration without transformation. That's the problem. And so now we come to the place where people will base their whole worth on the fact that I got a Louis V this. I got an Aston Martin that. But you don't own that. Oh, yes, I do, Daryl. You don't know that I own it. I got the D. No, 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 no. You haven't been listening to me if you think you own an Aston Martin. Because <laughs> you don't. Cause, because you don't. You don't own the Louis V nothing. What, what you did is... You help purchase and consume. Ownership is equity. See, I want to help re-educate you around that. I want to help reeducate you. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, not because of devils, not because of racism at the core, not because of all these other bad things that maybe happen in social ills, but because we have to change our mindset. Ownership. Ownership. And so that's where I end. I have this big thing about ownership. That's why I help people get their business right. I help people turn themselves into a business. I, I, what does that mean? I help people say, look, maybe that you go back to your job. We've all had to trade time for money and work in a job. But as you start to get promoted, maybe you figure out a way to become an independent consultant a 1099. That's your first step. I show you how to use your gifts, talents, right where you are and then begin to position yourself. Even if you don't get more money in the beginning, I'm gonna get you more freedom. So, then if, so you can get more free in your mind. And then I help people begin to, use their talents and gifts to make more money. Your name, your image, your likeness, your brand, that should be something that you get paid from. I have a business partner, we work all around with helping people just name, image and uh, likeness with their brands, PR communications, to get you right. Own equity. I will be doing, As I end, I will be doing a podcast specifically specifically, on understanding what the Civil War was really about and that it was all about assets, ownership, money, and keeping wealth within the hands of a certain group of people. And when I say a certain group of people, spoiler alert, I'm not talking about white people as it were. This, whole, this group of white people, this is a, it's a bunch of white folk that ain't, that ain't nowhere close to the power center. That too was the mirage. That, that, too was, that too was part of the illusion. Keep us fighting about stuff that don't matter. Because what? Then, we can't, then you can't pull resources. You can't pull when you're fighting. All right, this is where I'll end. Own something, y'all. Own something. And if you don't, call me and I'm going to show you how to get more from what you already have. Love you all. Peace!